But here's the funny thing about retirement plans. 401ks, 401ks are the only product, period, the only product that Americans buy that they do not understand. None of you bought your lawnmower because you didn't understand what the lawnmower does and, and how to operate it, right? No, you all know how to do that. None of you bought a car because you didn't understand what that thing does, right? But the 401k is the only product, because it is a product, make no two ways about it, that Americans buy and they have no understanding of what it is. They don't know the price or the quality of their 401k. How many of you know what your 401k talks? How many of you know what your 401k costs you? Seriously. How many of you know the quality of the 401k provider or the funds? Again, probably less than 1% of you. Plus, that's, and I was just gonna say, Chris, and that's another thing. Like when you have a 401k, you're, you're limited to, you know, what funds that 401k provider allows you to pick, you know, and financial advisors are the same way. A lot of people are like, no, this guy's managing my money and whatnot. But no, I mean, you know, I work for America. Prize Financial, which was American Express Financial Advisors at the time, and they were transitioning, but we couldn't sell other, you know, outside funds or steer people. Like we had to pick what funds Ameriprise offered to their clients that we could pick from. So it wasn't even like we were really going in the best interest of the client because we were so limited in what we could actually recommend. So now let's really look at what that 401k is because no one understands it. Nobody understands the dangers. Very few of you, if any of you, are reading the prospectus, which holds all the answers to what I'm about to show you. And somebody had mentioned Vanguard, and I love that they mentioned Vanguard. Now, listen, I might be beating up on mutual fund companies right now, but I will tell you, I have a tremendous, tremendous amount of respect for the gentleman who started Vanguard Funds. Vanguard Funds is an indexed fund family. That's all they have is indexed funds, okay? With the lowest fees, quote, well, some would say nowadays it's not, but they used to have the lowest fees in the industry on mutual funds. So Vanguard, if you have them, you're a little bit better than what I'm about to show you. So here we go. Let's talk about fees, mutual fund fees. How many of you have a variable annuity? You don't have to even tell me because I know you're probably embarrassed or you just have no idea what you have. I used to sell a lot of variable annuities. You know why I sold variable annuities? I was told to. You know why else? Steven, did you ever sell those things at Ameriprise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, um, they Why didn't you sell them too. though? What, what was the biggest driving force that our brokers and our consultants told us? What was the big thing after they told us how sweet these shitty vehicles were, but that how they painted this great picture? What was the last thing they would always tell us? Well, they tend and, to pay them, yeah, you get paid a big old rip, right? A big old commission, mm -hmm. 4%, 6%. 6%. So think about that. The advisor takes your money, rolls it over from that old 401k from that old job, moves you into a variable annuity, they know they're getting paid four, five, six, maybe even 7%. Do the math, folks. On 100,000, that's 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, $7,000. How many of you would be okay making that by suggesting a product? But what they don't realize is how much they're hurting their client. Because annuities are the worst of every one of these we're gonna talk about. And then ETFs and et cetera. So let me talk about the different things that most of you don't see when you look at it from a fee standpoint. Here's, and one, thing, one thing, Chris, real fast. One thing I do want to just put a caveat on all this, okay? If you, you know, somebody, it just reminded me that somebody said they've been with Ameriprise over 25 years. So if you have a financial advisor now, if you've been with a financial planning firm, we're not saying that's a bad thing, okay? Oh. What we're saying is for some people, 
that's fine. But guess what? Odds are not in your favor that that's going to turn out well for you. Okay. But I also understand that being able to spend a couple hours a week to learn something new, being able to spend a few hours a month to implement a new strategy. Not everybody has what it takes to do that. So, you know, it's not hard to like for, I'll give you one example. It's not hard to join our private money club, spend 30 minutes on the phone with me, helping decide, you know, what might work going out, finding a place to, to invest your money. That's going to pay you great returns. It's going to be secured in first position by a piece of real estate. That's going to stay strong. So it's going to eliminate a lot of the risk. It doesn't take a lot of time to do that. You stick the money in there, whether it's a retirement account or whatever, and it's going to sit there for the next three, four, five years, and you're good to go. You don't even have to think about it again. But it took three to five hours of education and implementation to set that up for the next three to five years. Not everybody's willing to do that. So I just want to say that, you know, you know, if you don't mind taking the risk of, hey, let's hope that this works out for me, or let's hope that my financial advisor has my best interest in, in, in mind. Hey, it works out sometimes, right? But if you really want to make sure that you're going to be able to live the life that you want, then those are the ones that we want to work with. Those are the ones that we want to keep on these trainings. We want you coming back every week. We want you to join us for our three-day trainings because you're the ones that we want to work with that are willing and understand that. So I just want to throw that caveat out there real quick. Very important. Very important. So, you know, back to the fees, cause I'm not done pissing you off yet. Like we're, we're just, I'm just warming you up. I'm prepping you. I'm like getting you ready for what's coming. So what fees do you pay that you didn't read in that prospectus? Commissions. Yeah. You guys are like, Oh, we already know about that. You and Steven get paid commissions on those banking policies. Indeed we do. Markups from your broker dealer. Hmm, what are those? Sales loads, you know what those are? Surrender charges on those annuities, those IULs, index universal lifes, or those variable universal lifes that everybody loves to sell in the broker world because they get paid a big commission. Operating expenses, 12B1 expenses, 401k fees, they're buried. Uh, you think 401k fees are free or 401k plans are, fee are free? They're not. Do you think the company pays them or you do? You do, of course, the participants pay for. Why would the company pay for something that they tout as being like the greatest gift they could have given you? No, you pay for those. M&E expenses, you guys know what those are? VA fees, investment advisory fees, management fees. I could keep going, but I'm just getting bored of even saying it. All of those, and what do those actually look like? What do those impact your portfolio? Well, let's look at it. Here's the examples of compounding fees on a $100,000 portfolio over 20 years. I just did simple math, $100,000 portfolio over 20 years. And again, there's my disclosure, folks. You guys want to see this. All this information I'm about to give you came from the sec.gov website. There's the sheet that I pulled all this off. I even printed it out in color because I was taking this stuff serious. So here we go. If you had zero fees, which you can't invest money, anyone know how to invest money without any fees? It's pretty impossible, right? So this is unlikely, but 100,000 is what you started with. Over 20 years, if all you made is 4%, and I, I conveniently picked 4%, why? Because that's what these privatized banking policies pay you up to this year. How many of you remember from prior times of us talking about these privatized banking policies paying you a guaranteed 4%? You guys all know that, right? 4% guaranteed? How many of you know that that ends at the end of this year? Not if you already have a policy, that will be in per perpetuity because you're grandfathered, but does everybody realize that at the end of this year, the government's 7702 will start being applied by insurance companies and the guaranteed interest rate is going to drop? Ding, 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 the fire bells are going off. It's a fire sale. It is right, like, but that's where the 4% comes from. 
no fee. So your money, your 100 grand would have grown to 222,000 over 20 years at 4%. Not bad, not bad, right? You went from 100 to 222, you didn't have to work any harder, your money just grew at 4%. But I already told you, it's pretty much impossible to invest your money, make a return consistently and persistently every day in the markets, okay, and do it with no fee. So let's just, let's just look at fees, 0.25%. This should be like maybe an ETF, okay? Or maybe one of the really good index funds at Vanguard. Maybe it's 25 basis points. Your 100 would have grown to 210,000. So which means over that 20 years, you spent $12,000 in fees. And some of you are thinking, well, that's not too bad, Chris. Man, I, I, I wouldn't mind 25 basis points. But what was the future earning potential of that 12,000? Don't forget that. Remember each year, actually each quarter or, or monthly sometimes, that fee comes out, which means you have less and less money growing. So even at a 0.25 basis point, you lost 12 grand plus whatever that 12 grand would have grown to. But let's keep going. How about 50 basis points, half of a percent? If you paid on your mutual fund, which I don't know many mutual funds except for index funds that pay or charge 0.5. And also too, when, when you are told, oh, the, the expense charge is 0.25. You're like, oh, cheap one. Don't forget to read the prospectus. Don't forget about the 12B1 fees, the broker markups, all the things mutual funds do that aren't in your best favor, but make them the most amount of money. Let's not forget about those. Half a percent, 200 would have grown, or I'm sorry, your 100 would have gone to 200. You gave up $22,000 in the future earning potential on 22. But now let's get to what's realistic. How many of you have had an advisor, because I know this is what I charge, that charges you 1% management fee. And then they take that 1%, let's just assume that's the only thing you're paying, which it wouldn't be. You'd pay 1% plus you'd probably pay a separately managed account fee, plus you'd pay the mutual fund fees, plus the 12B1 fees. Okay, I'm going on and on. Steven's gonna fall asleep if I keep going with the fees. But just 1%, your 100 would have grown to 180. That's a $42,000 haircut, plus the ability for what that 42,000 could have made. This is what you're taught to do, folks. Who's winning? If you earned a 7% return, let's get away from the four. If you earned a 7% return on your money, and you paid a 2% fee. And just so all of you know, except for you Vanguard folks, most of you are probably paying 2% or more. Any of you that have variable annuities, sorry, it's north of 2%. I don't know. Steven, you ever do a variable annuity that was less than 2%? No. That's right. 2%. So we're just going to figure 2%. You know who came up with this right here? Not me. The founder of Vanguard. This is direct from his mouth. I just wrote it down. If you made 7%, you paid a 2% fee over 50 years. Over 50 years, I know it's a long time, you could break it down any way you want. You lost two thirds of your portfolio. How many of you think two thirds is a lot of money? Because if you don't, man, oh man, we have a lot more work to do if that's what you think. You would have lost two thirds of your money. 